You're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Live, Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. In a galaxy far away. Being in that space. The First Order reigns. Having decimated the peaceful Republic, the Supreme Leader now deploys his merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only WRUU's band of resistance fighters stand against the rising tyranny. With an hour-long live interview show dedicated to the visual arts and creative community in and around Savannah as a spark of hope to the fight. Each episode also features guests relaying important rebel information about their work, philosophy, practice, and current projects, as well as commentary on the state of the visual arts in our community. But the resistance has been exposed. The co-host, Rob Hessler and David Laughlin, suspect each other. I've been kind of keeping an eye on what's going on over there. Nevertheless, as the First Order speeds towards the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a valiant attempt to also update each show with highlights of this week's upcoming art-related interest and events, and hope for victory. W-R-U-U dot O-R-G. In a galaxy far, far... Well, actually, it's Savannah. It's going to be an A-plus wonder gem. Hey, it's Art on the Air. Hey, it's Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, excited to have you all. We have got a great show lined up for you today. We've got three field notes coming up on this Halloween. Special. Halloween? It's Halloween. It's Halloween, actually. Yes, it's uh, that explains the dark outfit and the dark rings under my eyes this time. <laughs> that's what that's that is, what huh? I'm saying. It is this time. That's right. Mm. Hey, um, we're gonna have a pretty good show though. We have uh, uh, some rare field notes. Yeah. Going so on. you went. Delving into the darkness. I didn't have to delve. These were brought to me uh, uh, and because they were on cassette and they knew that I could transcribe. Mm. And then we cleaned them up a little bit and it's really rough, but it's some... I'll tell you more about that. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and as a sort of, I don't know, time appropriate... Yes, exactly. Um, uh, time appropriate. Time yeah. apropos. Yes, it's perfect for today, and I was able in to... In other words. <laughs> in other words. Sounds good. You know, it sounds so good. We had this in the files. <laughs> From the tapes. Um, yeah, so that's going to be good. And and I was able to go and talk with a taxidermist, so I'm really excited about that. Well, who wouldn't be excited to talk to a taxidermist, after all? I know, I'm right? envious. Yeah, well, I know. I wish you could have been there, David. Um, <laughs> that's what I heard, and yet not as a spectator. <laughs> That's not the way I want to preserve. No, it's going to be fun. And then I was able to go on over to the SCAD Museum of Art, and I got a great tour with Umberto Moro of several of their exhibits that are going on right now. They've got this sort of new, it's the fall season, and they've just put in a bunch of new stuff, and... Oh, my God. I was blown away. It was a very knowledgeable source. Oh, man. Umberto was, was fantastic. was able to convey this. So this is going to be good. Pretty excited, too, to get into SCAD. And, and we haven't had – we've had a couple of guests here that are SCAD professors. And 
that are, uh, you know, artists that have come from SCAD or had a, some sort of connection there. But this is the first time we really got into one of their exhibits. Did they let you in the building? They let me in the building. And guess what? They were closed. <laughs> they met me on Monday. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So you got privileged because, yeah, yeah hey. You it was to... pretty cool. So there's nobody around and we were able to go through the... Throwing the old WRUU way oh, around yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Big time. So I wanted to, before we get into those, though, real quick, I wanted to talk about the the Lyric Show, because that, of course, opened this past Friday. Oh, of course. And we had our special two-hour episode. Still going on. Yeah, the Lyric Show is still going on. And David, I know you edited and put up the two-hour broadcast from last week. It is in the archives, and it is at two hours. Even with the editing. And you fiddled around with it, right? You move some stuff around well, and make I've it a little more user-friendly. Restructured. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty good show. Actually, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased. Nice. Well, you can go to wruu.org and you go to the schedule and archive section from that main page. Look up, look up, uh, then click on Wednesday, go to Art on the Air, and it'll be the top one up on there. And we also have a link from the Facebook page. Oh, of course. And, but, but it is really interesting. If you have time, really, go to the end. Listen to everything. The very and very end. It's just interesting to hear the tidbits from the artists themselves, and some a little embellishment, and uh, we can put together put it together in a whole multimedia show now, a whole package. That's exciting. And we're going on the road, and I'm going to take it. Okay. Oh, okay. No, sorry, I'm getting we, we're getting. Shh, we haven't signed the contracts yet, David. Uh, but really, in all seriousness, well, thanks for my participating. <laughs> the lyric show does go through this Friday. We're gonna we'll give you all the details on that. But the first Friday in Starland activities will include yes. the closing reception for lyric, and it's an auction, an art auction, and the proceeds go to benefit WRUU. So that's a that's a great event if you feel like you want. And it's great work. It if, is. If you haven't seen it yet, it's really it's it's really cool to put the lyrics some some other person's interpretations. And maybe even come up with a new one of your own to see that. Yeah, and it's you know? a wide and diverse array of music, so there's something for everybody. Right. Very good. Well, there's a lot going on this weekend. We'll get to all that later, right? So. Oh, heck yeah. There's so much going on. And today, too. I mean, it, the weekend kind of starts today with yeah, right. Halloween being Wednesday. It's already started. If you've been around t- downtown and you get to see... So many people dressed as Beetlejuice or whatever. It's, uh-huh. uh, I mean, David in his zoot suit right now. That still goes on, yes. <laughs> and, oh, this is everybody's favorite time of year. Are you kidding oh, me? This I, like, it's amazing, especially for us artists. It's, hey, I get to do this and nobody, you know, wants my autograph. That's I know. Great. It doesn't seem weird. <laughs> this one time of year, it doesn't seem weird. Yeah, well. Well, anyway, so this first field note we're going to play is I went and spoke with this uh, Dr. Victor Frankenstein this past week. And... And he talked to us a little bit about his taxidermy practice. And also, he's got this new project coming out called The Monster. And he's going to talk all about that. We're just we're just trying to, you know, keep an open mind about art in the community. And so uh, if the, I, I'm sorry to bring the taxidermy up, uh, but it has to be said. Uh, this man is an artist at it, and he has been able to utilize his craft. He says he uses artisanal leathers. Oh, yeah, and he's all about the newest technologies and being eco-friendly and everything yeah. like that. He's so, found we, just wanna, we just want to state that. Found that materials and yeah. recycling. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, you'll hear it's all very that. very thoughtful. And, well, let's, let's give it a listen here, and we hope you all enjoy this. And for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. And here's our interview with Dr. Victor von Frankenstein. Art on the Air Field Notes here. I'm with 
Dr. Victor Frankenstein here, and we're going to be talking a little bit about his taxidermy practice. So, Victor, why don't you let us just give us a general overview of your process? Well, when I was a child, my dog died. And I said, no dog, do not die. And this filled me with the sorrow and the anguish and the desire to not have my dog be dead. So I stuffed him. Okay. Um, is that him over there? Yeah, yeah. He's my dog. He's, uh, his name is Rudolf the dog. And he is a German shepherd. Well, he is a German shepherd now. When he died, he was a border collie. I like to tinker. I noticed that you've got quite a few projects going on around here. How do you find these animals? And, well, I'm not exactly sure what that is there. How do you find these things? Uh, well, uh, the, the best place to find uh, the animals is on the side of the road. It is like the free buffet of dead animals. And I like to stuff them. So when I pull over on the side of the road, I pick up the raccoons and the, uh, the possums and the, the armadillos. And sometimes I zoo them all together and make a raccadillo some. Uh, very good. You've mentioned a couple of times that you're really into – it seems that the stuffing part of it is a big part of your process. So why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, the stuffing is very important, but uh, the unstuffing can be very messy. So sometimes uh, when I uh, first look at a thing, I say, do I need to stuff it? Do I not need to stuff it? Sometimes uh, when you find the dead animals, they have bloated and they are very round. And you say, ah, don't need to stuff this one. It's full of air. So you have to make air tight. So I dip in um, uh, polyurethane first. And then I'm like, oh, this is a round and fluffy thing. From what I understand is you're willing, you're, as a taxidermist, you're always kind of looking for new techniques and new ways of doing things to sort of expand your practice. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I've learned is uh, many things come to you pre-stuffed. They've got the organs, they've got the bones, they've got the muscles. And what happens when you die is they all shrivel up and shrink up. That is no good. So I would like to make it so that the muscles do not shrink up, that the organs do not uh, putrefy. So I have done a little this, a little that, to make sure that the, uh, the animals... Uh, in fact, if you go into my backyard now, you might uh, encounter uh, a kind of a, a scary-looking warthog. Uh, he's not really alive, but he's chasing you around the yard. Well, we'll have to take a couple of photos of that and share it on the Art on the Air Facebook page. Let me ask you, before, we're here really to talk about your newest project, The Monster, but I want to talk a little bit more about what you've got going on here, because I, I noticed that you have this shelf with all of these jars, and there are, are some of the objects seem to be fairly recognizable, some a little less so. So why don't you talk a little bit about these jars? Ah. Yes, the jars are full of the organs that I have farmed, as some of them not so much farmed as acquired. I do not like to discuss the acquiring is, um, uh, this is not going out on the air, is it? No, no, no. So what I do is I have an assistant whom I say, 
I could use, I don't know, a human brain. And I say, bring me the human brain. And he says, yes, master. And off he goes. And I don't ask questions. He comes back. It's usually in a Ziploc bag. But I find Ziploc bags not very nice for presentations. So I put some in the jars. Yeah, there are very nice jars. We might cut that part out considering, you know, the issues that that might cause for you in the future. Um, But... It's an interesting tidbit nonetheless. So why don't we get into the monster here? So why don't we uh, head over here until I see you've got this laboratory over here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the – you're just calling it the monster, is that right? Well, you know, when I was first working on it, I was going to call him Adam. But it really was um, a little pretentious, really. And uh, when I got a good look at him, he was not uh, the ideal human being. He was more of the monster. You see, um, I find it very limiting to use just one body. If you use just one body, you do not have uh, a lot of expressive choices. I I like to think of myself as a, a Picasso of flesh. So I take a little bit of here and I take a little bit of there. I've got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. You know, I want the shin bone of a of a soldier, but I want the elbow of a violinist, and I want the nose of a perfumer and the tongue of a goat. So these things, uh, when you get to sewing them together, it's like being a sort of the, um, uh, how you say jigsaw puzzles. Oh, jigsaw puzzles. Yes, it's like putting together the jigsaw puzzle, only the picture is horrifying, is terrifying. I think I'd be remiss as an interviewer if I didn't ask, this violinist that you're talking about has nothing to do with that missing violinist from the Savannah Philharmonic that we heard about recently. Like I say, I say, bring me the elbow, and uh, yes, master. And off he goes, he brings back an elbow. In fact, he brought a whole arm, but I was like, I only need the elbow. You can have the rest, and he was very happy with this. And so um, where it came from, who it was, um, I can't get into the details. I don't really know. I find it better not to know. Okay, so I want to get really get a deep dive here on the monster or Adam as it was formerly called but tell us a little bit about all this machinery because I noticed that you've got a lot of well it looks like sort of a hodgepodge of sort of scientific devices here why don't you tell us a little bit about that Ah, yes. Uh, Well, when I first started doing the uh, taxidermy, all you needed was a knife and some uh, wads of cotton. But as technology grows, you say, I need this, I need that, I want this, I want that. Uh, This one over here, don't even know what it does. It makes uh, the the electricity between the two wires, and it's like, oh, that's very attractive. So um, most of it is for show. Uh, What I plan to do is uh, stick a lightning rod in the face of the monster and then hoist him to the ceiling uh, as the roof and then let the lightning strike his face. And what do you think that that's going to accomplish? What's the sort of end goal result of this project? Well, in my original analysis, I was going to make a very, uh, very artistic lamp. That is what I want. I want a, a lamp in the corner that when I'm reading the book, I look over and it is a dead man standing over me. It's very, very scary. But um, I have read in some articles that a lightning bolt to the face of a, a, a body that has been sewn together by many, many different things uh, may actually reanimate. 
that's very interesting. So do you have sort of a, a thought in mind about maybe showing or unleashing this project, if you will? Oh, no, that would be terrible. It's a very big and scary thing, and uh, just for fun, uh, the brain I put in him is entirely defective. It is, uh, it is obsessed with, um, with the Internet memes, and it is, um, uh, he's got an unquestionable uh, uh, craving for, for crushing people's faces. Um, so if he was to come to life, it would be a terrible thing. Everybody would uh, run. I could imagine, uh, oh, I could imagine mobs coming to my house with the pitchforks and the torches saying, ah, you made the monster. And I say, it was supposed to be a lamp. But um, I don't think they will care if that my original intention was to make a lamp. Oh, well, that's interesting. I am noticing right now that I'm hearing some thunder out there. Um, so, you know, I'm going to uh, – we're going to finish up this interview now. But um, do you have any last things you wanted to say, Dr. Frankenstein, here? Yeah, yeah. You have very interesting ears. I, I really like your ears. Um, uh, how attached to your ears would you say you are on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being I don't care and 10 being you can take them if you really want them. I think that's all the time we have for our interview today, Dr. Frankenstein, but I really I really appreciate you coming on to the show and we will um That was a very nice year. Welcome back to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Well, fascinating was, interview, Rob. Fascinating interview with and Victor I think, Frankenstein. I think we should state that WRUU is not responsible for the words <laughs> or especially actions of our guests sometimes. Yeah. Especially that one. That was a lot of fun. We <clears> And I, I got to give a shout out and <laughs> so a big thank you. I was you wondering to, why you were wearing that big bandage around there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I reached out to Chris Susi the uh sort of one of the main guys behind odd lot improv and and i told him kind of what we were thinking about what we wanted to do and he was very kind and and sat down with me and he came up with all that on the spot i mean i you know i did I'm my not straight surprise yeah i mean he's just so talented really? and I'm, they've been doing it a while he's really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was really funny and he had the uh he had some sound effects there that he could do for us with the thunder and everything like that how and often it, do you find that though just walking down the street the guy with the sound effects and he's like oh right there gosh. everything's prepared ready to go you yeah know? What? Yeah, he he's super talented and if and if y'all are interested in checking out one of their performances because Odd Lot they have a really great theater right above the Savannah Coffee Roasters on down on Liberty Street uh 215 West Liberty across from the Civic Center if yeah. you're not familiar. Right and it's upstairs and it's a beautiful I mean it's very comfortable seating yeah, and they've is. got the nice stage and everything like that and they do shows And it smells nice because Oh yes it does. <laughs> but you can get like a coffee or a drink and head because, on up to the yeah, show. Yeah, they've got they've got the uh, flat whites. Yeah. They As do. a matter of fact, I was like really pleased just to hear that because I've been over in New Zealand and all that jazz. And it was like, oh, I know where that's from. I know. Yes. That's the thing that's kind of been coming around lately. But, yeah, so they, they do shows uh, Monday through Saturday every day except for except for Sunday. And uh, Mondays and Tuesdays the, the show is at 730 and the rest of the week it's at 8 o'clock. And, and you can get all the info on that at www.oddlot.lol. Live theater. Yeah. Or I mean, you, that is something great to catch. It's available here, guys. It's yeah. One yep. of our many arts going and, on. And it's, it's 
well, it's not, it's not, what do we call it's it? It's not art. No, no, it is art. <laughs> but I was going to say, it's, it's not visual. It's very inexpensive, I would oh, say, it's, as well. Uh, it's, it's, well, not quite public you know friendly, what? but it's besides that. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> worthwhile to go see. That's all. Very it's, good. So thank you very much to Chris Susie mm, for, for doing that with us. That was a lot cool, of fun. Very fun. Let's get into our second piece here that oh, we've got. Oh, that's right. Yeah, tell us about this, David. Oh, this was kind of odd. So, um, speaking of odd, yes, of course it came to me. And the guys brought the, some of the movie, I can't say which movie people. <laughs> Because there's none being filmed in this town, uh, but they but we had some cassettes and they knew I had the cassette player and able to transpose and so we uh, these were cassettes from apparently a fellow who was under City Market for some time putting an installation piece and I looked up the records there's no record of the city verifying this that mm. so apparently he was like doing it all on his own and telling everybody the city was behind him spooky and nice well, I like it's it. just. And he's and there's no. This is the only record we have of him, of this happening. And it, they thought it was interesting because it was art related, and they thought we would enjoy this. Uh, Very and that's cool. Basically, it. So it's rough. It, it's sort of you got to use your mind to put this together while it goes along. But it's it, these are the saved pieces from the trans from the tapes. Fantastic. This yeah. is a perfect Halloween kind of thing. Let's give it a listen, you all. It'll be my first time too. Let's enjoy. All right. Come on down. Whoa. Check this place out. Goes back. I can't believe it. It's just look at that. It just keeps going and going. Yeah. Wow, look at this place. Yeah. This is right above City Market, aren't we? Whoa. Does anybody know about this? Anybody else coming down here? This place is amazing. Look how far it goes back. Hello out! Because um, the following the demo, I feel for Following the debut of my feel purge sorry. Oh, hello, I'm Ben Chapman. <laughs> following the debut of my feel purge serviceware collection this year, the city of Savannah and some select donors have agreed to sponsor this unique installation beneath City Market. Savannah ports have long supplied the world with agriculture in basically our environment. There are so many resources available from this rich land. Most importantly is the connection between our farms to the world and that would be the market. Here I'm standing below the traffic and business ahead in a large unused <laughs> antique storage area where this work shall be assembled. A full-scale exhibition around food, agriculture, shipping, and social practice art, a working forum will be in place, complete with more works from my heirloom suffering line, including Kalezelia, Harvest Reckoning, also is what it's known by. Also a seven-course 
fixed dinner, served to gallery goers on select nights to create interactive experience called the performance. Table of the Hut is a reclaimed pine table upon which the feast was placed, designed to function as an anti-type of pedestal. Pedestals make me uncomfortable. And the audiovisual installation called Cracking the Meal, a soundtrack of animal sounds and activities dubbed over footage from the initial dinner performance. stuff around. This is art, baby. Don't move it around. Why are you bringing all the animals in? Well, the sheep are very important, you know. You can't have a dinner without sheep. You can't have a farm without sheep. It kind of goes hand in hand. That's my miniature farm for the miniature sheep that you brought in. You see, I got a plan for all of that. And you can't have, if you got sheep, you gotta have Where a farm. Where are we Don't you understand? You want them over here? Look, just, just put it over there and, and leave, you know? Just, you don't get it. Do they all know about that? Well, you know, we, we've got permission from the city, but it's, we're still trying to iron out the kinks. You know, bureaucracies can be so difficult to deal with, especially for the artist. Well, we try to keep it secret, except talking with the city, but we're working on it. Okay, I tell you what. Just, just, they don't know about that? Just put it over there. You don't get it. Just get, get out of here! Doing there, Savannah. This is Betsy Charlatan today, and uh, we're here on the podcast, and uh, we're here with artist. What's his name? Ed Chaplin. Ed Chaplin. Thank you. That's good to know. Ed Chaplin. Well, how's everybody doing today in Savannah? This is Betsy Charlatan here with the podcast with artist Ed Chaplin. How are you doing today, Ed? Okay. Now, how does an artist who melds ecology and cuisine into art then find himself also designing functional pieces for use between kitchen and garden? It all connects. We spend a lot of time in the Department of Art and Design thinking about the implications of the shift in context. From art studio to design studio to gallery to product, the common connection is creative expression. The end result depends on where I want the object to go, whether it's a work of design or a work of art, or something in between. I do both, you know. My ceramic berry baskets continue to sell. So tell me, Ed, what fueled this burning desire to do a full-scale exhibition planned tying agriculture and logistics as art? 
It seems a bold statement about foods grown and eaten. Well, if you grow your own food and take it from the garden to the kitchen and prepare it, you have a deeper understanding of what you're eating, how it's grown, and what it takes to create a meal. One of the goals I have for this exhibition is to try to blur that line between agriculture and design and where it was in between. Thank you to everyone who made a donation during WRUU's on-air membership campaign. If you didn't join us during our two-week fundraiser, there's always time to become part of our radio community at WRUU.org. We're still counting everything coming in and would love to hear from you. In the meantime, our fundraising team is getting your T-shirts, bumper stickers, and gift certificates ready to go. We appreciate your support. And now, enjoy this program, Art on the Air, knowing that you helped make it possible. 
And this is Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. That was excellent, David. It was a special Halloween edition that you're hearing now with uh, everything from taxidermy to ethereal spirits. Also, if anybody has ever seen Ed Chapman, please alert the authorities. He has been missing since that tape was discovered. Do you want to let anybody behind the curtain or do you want to just leave it there? Well, there was some assistance on that one. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had Jerry Harris, one of our former guests, was played Ed Chapman. And another former guest, Ashley Wilson, also known as Logan Artisan Art, played not only his girlfriend, but also, what was the name of the character? Uh, we had it Charlatan. Was it was something Charlatan. Yeah, Betsy Charlatan. Betsy Charlatan. It was something like that. And it was so funny because, is Charlatan a real last name? It is now. <laughs> So, nice. yeah, we're going with that. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that was but really it was good. Fun. And I will tell you people out there listening, I did not know that that was going to be a fake interview. David told me that he had these old tapes that he had gotten from underneath. I mean, he City t- Market. And he, there are people that have lived under City Market. I know, so. but you set this up th- like three weeks ago. You told me you were going to, that you had these tapes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was I know, listening. And you fell for it so well. Uh, I was, I was listening intently, and I was like, wait, that sounds a little bit like Jerry Harris here. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't find anybody out of town. I had to use locals. But uh, that's okay. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Very nicely but, done. Um, you know. It was interesting. We were talking a little bit in between while that while the uh, the promos were playing in between um, before we got back on the air here. If any of you out there artists have sort of audio artistic experiments or yeah. projects that you've done, we would love to hear them, and we might play them on the show if you do. Because I thought that be, was really cool. I don't know. It'd be like on the air with art. Something I don't know. I'm just going towards that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see where that would go. But yeah, we're open for uh, uh, we're open for good creative expression. Yeah, let's say that in well, many forms. That was well done. I enjoyed that. I hope you all enjoyed that as well. Our last field note is actually very straightforward. This is not. There oh is, come on! <laughs> you know nobody's going to believe that now. I know it's well, so set up. This is actually a, a. I did an interview with Umberto Moreau at the SCAD Museum of Art. And it was sure you did, Rob. Sure uh, you did. I know, right? Uh, and he was really <laughs> gracious with his time. He took me through the museum, and we went to several of the exhibits, and and I sort of introduced them as we go along, so you will get a little bit of a sense of that. But there's a lot going on right now at the museum that is really, really good, and I and and I wanted we wanted to share some of that with you. So we're going to play this interview. It's a little bit longer on the longer side, but you'll I think you all enjoy this. And it's when not long at all. It's it's a refreshing bit of the afternoon. It's a refreshing bit of the afternoon, but it's a very good. It's it's what he talks about. He's a very smart man, and I was I felt wonderful resource and very concise speaker. Exactly so it's worthwhile to worthwhile to gain some uh, insights. Right, and we'll talk a little bit more about these specific exhibits when we come out out of the interview here. But listen up, and and I hope you enjoy this. Rob Hessler here, Art on the Air Field Notes, here at the SCAD Museum of Art with curator Umberto Moro. And we're going to be talking a bunch about what is going on in the museum right now. Umberto, give us a quick overview of what's happening at the museum. 
Yes, thank you for being here, Rob, with us. As you know, the SCAD Museum of Art is a very unique contemporary art museum that's based in Savannah. It's part of the Savannah College of Art and Design. And we have usually between eight to ten shows on view simultaneously. So we have a big offering for our students and our community at large. Right now, we just open our fall season of shows, and those are all ready for people to come and join us. We have an international national rooster of artists that come from all over the world. We have American artists, but we also have people from Latin America, from Europe. We have a collective from Russia. We have an artist from Denmark. And we really you know, like put attention to give uh, Savannah a really broad view on what's happening in the art world at large. Great. Well, let's take a look at some of these exhibits. Heading into the museum... Essentially, right when you walk in to your left, you'll pass through a set of double doors. And Umberto was just telling me a little bit about what you'll see in there. So tell us about this particular wing of the museum. Sure. The, our first gallery is the Walter O. Evans Center for African American Arts. And as I was saying before, we have some galleries in the museum that are committed to a very specific kind of art. And in this case, the, the Walter O. Evans Center for African American Studies displays exclusively the work of African Americans. We have a wonderful show by Lorraine O'Grady, who's one of the most important living artists. Uh, she lives in New York. And she started as a writer, basically. She was one of the most well-known uh, rock critics in the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, like, writing was her way to approach to arts. And then she has been a professor in, in, in several institutions along her path. And she discovered that language and sort of, like, letters was a way in which she could approach to art. So we have a, a, a new series in which she is reworking a series she did in the 70s. So it's kind of like a sort of like a meta work because she's reworking her own work and looking back at this series. So what you're going to see in the gallery is basically a very sort of like black and white space. She works with this idea of the binary, the black and white, and you are going to see diptychs that are sort of haikus. She calls like this format of the of Japanese poem which is a very short poem that has a very specific rhythm and metric and she was cutting the New York Times in the 70s and she did this series that was called Cutting the New York Times and then this piece sort of like revises that piece she did in the 70s and reworks that series so this is this piece is called Cutting the Cutting the New York Times, in a way. So we have sort of like a display that mimics a forest, black columns that you can walk through and you can walk around. And these columns sort of like hold these poems. And then on the other side of the gallery, we have a portal. Uh, and this portal sort of like divides, divides the two spaces in the gallery. And on the other side, uh, there's a video. And this video is a, a very large projection of Lorraine's own hair. And it's a sort of like animation in which you can see her hair 
moving. And this video is very special because she's thinking about colonization and about the meeting of two worlds. She gave a fantastic talk uh, here with us during her opening, and she was you know, like uh, giving us examples about contacts between the old and the new world and like very specific people that met uh, while you know like America was being colonized basically by Europeans so she's thinking about these ideas of passing from one space to the other from you know like from one continent to the other and that reflects in the exhibition from one space to the other through a portal that she has designed and this portal is highlighted by a gray band and she's also very interested in rituals and she has spoken about being keen on santeria which is this sort of like metaphysical practice in in many places of the caribbean and, and latin and south, and south america and she's thinking about the portal as sort of like a rite of passage to another world so this exhibition you know, like is very much about poetry is very much about randomness about finding poetry in randomness she speaks about how you can make sense of these ideas that come to you through things that you cannot control as for example the new york times and she has done very beautiful poems I want to read one of them, which she says, Come out, come out, wherever you are. Relax, you can be replaced by a machine. Moving further into the museum, we make our way into the Petter Gallery to see an exhibit called ICU. And there's a lot going on here. Humberto, tell us what we're seeing. So this is a very special show. This is actually the first group show that happens in this gallery since the museum was opened in 2011. This is a very emblematic uh, gallery of the museum because it's 300 feet long and it's not very wide. So it's a very specific space and most of the shows we present here are sort of like reactions to the space, projects that we commission to artists. So we also had the curiosity to make a group show that was also a reaction to the space but not by a single artist. So we're presenting 35 pieces by 24 artists. And one very important thing to say is that uh, many of the works that are on view here are part of our permanent collection. So this show is titled I See You, and the, you know, like the title is so representative of what we were looking to uh, study with this show, which is I See You positions a person that's looking, a person that, that's being observed, and then something that arises between these two. Mm. It's thinking about visibility, and it's thinking about the human body. And it's thinking you know, like about how can we consider the human body in a time of after the Me Too movement and after you know, like all the sort of like re-education that we have to have to consider what the human body is. So we're taking a really wide range of works that exemplify sort of like the renderings from the body from you know, like the 1800s to pieces that have been commissioned specifically for this show in 2018. And we have been you know, like we make a very specific stop uh, in the 70s, which was a very important time for the performance art in America. And you know, like having this awareness
awareness of the body through performance, as well as we have more younger artists, a younger generation of artists that are thinking about the post-human body and kind of like more dismembered bodies, thinking about technology, about facial recognition, and about the new uses that technology is having in relationship to the body. This is a show that has been specifically designed for this space, and you know, like there has been very significant conversations with the artists that are here that are alive because we also have you know, like historic artists that are part of the collection, as I was saying. This show also has a very specific feature, which is we have blocked the windows of this exhibition room, which is quite a, you know, like the main feature of the room because the windows are super beautiful and you can see our courtyard. So we play with this idea of sort of like opacity and visibility within the space and then we have a lot of films so film and kind of like moving image is also a very important component of the show you can see uh, different films from different times thinking about a, a transpersonal experience for example in the case of Superflex a Danish collective mm-hmm. that is exhibiting a film titled The Working Life and this is a very interesting film because they're doing a hypnotic session with a hypnotist and this hypnotist he guides you through a journey in which you imagine you're a worker in this very large corporation and just thinking about working conditions and they say that this piece is a transpersonal experience so you know like that piece opens the show with a note of how can you imagine being someone else? How can you imagine living the life of someone else or, or living in the body of someone else, trying to generate some empathy and then you know, like seeing the, the, the other works in the show with this empathy in mind? The blocking off of the windows was something that I noticed as soon as I walked in the space, because you're right, it's so emblematic of this area that there's these big windows and it's open and there's light filtering in. And in the case of this exhibition, everything is sort of closed off. And as we kind of walked back here, it almost felt like, am I supposed to be here? Like, is this, am I allowed to sort of make my way? And it almost requires that the viewer has a certain level of curiosity to push them deeper into the exhibition. So I wonder how you feel about my reaction to that and having that experience. And if that is something that you sort of considered or thought of or are thinking about it all in regards to the way that a viewer might walk through this particular part of the museum. No, I think you've raised a very important point. This is something that we take very seriously in our curatorial conversations and we have designed a very specific way to navigate the show that's also accompanied by a digital guide. As you are here, you can just with your phone go to our site at scatmoi.org and you can find Find the guide for this show and there's tiny little numbers on the floor which indicate what number each piece is and you can see a text that we have written about each one of these works so you can navigate the, the room just going through this information and you don't necessarily have to have that on view you know like so we're trying to offer you a very distilled experience and a very pure experience with the work of art but we also are offering very concise and very important information uh, relevant to each one of these works. So as you were saying, you can walk through the room and then light comes back and then it goes uh, out again. So it's kind of like a little choreography that we have designed so you have a very specific experience with the works. 
And even where the works are placed, the way you have to sort of meander through the show, and that forces you to engage with each piece because you can't move around something without experiencing it sitting in front of you. Yes, and also, you know, it's important that you see the works, but that you also think about what each work is doing to each other, how they affect mutually. For example, these sort of like walls that we have designed for to contain the show, in a way, they create some spaces, and these spaces have a theme or kind of like questions that we're discussing inside these smaller spaces. And you can see, for example, a work that has been carefully carved a handmade sculpture in front of a sculpture that's 3D printed. You know, this gesture of juxtaposing such different works is you know, like launching questions about what's more human, you know, carving something with your hands or doing a 3D rendering of something. And you know, like we're not prescribing answers, but we also want the public to chime in and to tell us their thoughts about it. This is WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM and WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Moving on from the ICU group exhibition, we find ourselves in a video installation, which I described upon walking in as all-encompassing. So, Humberto, what are we looking at here? So this uh, show is titled Inverso Mundus, which in Latin means the world upside down. And it's a project that has been done by a Russian collective. Their name is AES plus F, which is an acronym they made after their last names. And they started working together in 1987 as AES. And then later on, they added a fourth member and that's a plus F in 94. So they are you know, like one of the most well-known and renowned collectives from Russia. They actually represented Russia in the Venice Biennale a couple of Biennales ago, which is kind of like the Olympics of art. And we are having one of their most emblematic projects here at the Experimental Gallery at the Scott Museum of Art. And the Experimental Gallery is you know, like preoccupied precisely with that, with bringing to our audiences really experimental pieces that are dealing with film, video, and new media. This project specifically is inspired by a very old format, which is the engravings title The World Upside Down, precisely. And this is kind of like the proto-form of comics. These wood engravings would be distributed almost anonymously in Europe, all the way back to the 1600. And they would be small little vignettes that would uh, depict uh, what would happen if the world was upside down, thinking about social order. These engravings had several vignettes, almost 50, and each one of these vignettes would depict, for example, a donkey being carried by its master, or a poor person that was taking the place of, of a rich person. They would basically uh, be a commentary for social order, and they would be, be like a way of contesting like local government. So, you know, like the question that AES had was how can we ambition a world upside down engraving in the 21st century? 
and they created a very ambitious project which is a 38 minute film that specifically for this iteration at the SCAD Museum of Art is being shown through four projectors so it's a three channel film that's being shown by four projectors and we see a continuous curved projection on a 52 feet long wall that's depicting several of these vignettes thinking for example about a butcher being butchered by a pig or for example a world in which medieval torture instruments are more like ikea furniture or in which for example the board of a large corporation is overthrown by some homeless people so you know like again this collective is trying to make like social commentary about what is supposed to be the like common understanding of social order through a very large and ambitious project. It's a fascinating piece, and it's one of those things, of course, I think that you really need to experience in person, especially with this curved screen and the way that everything is set up. You're really forced to confront the images that are being projected onto the screen. Humberto, thank you so much for the tour of a few of the galleries today. There's so much more going on. This is all the time that we have, but thank you so much for being on Art in the Air. Thank you, Rob, and please let your public know that everyone's welcome here and that we were hoping that everyone likes the shows and that they take new questions and point of view home. Welcome back into the studio. Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Sounding Community Radio with Global Soul. That was our interview with Umberto Moro. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent interview. Oh, my gosh. He was... He's very intelligent caught my attention on a few aspects as a matter of fact that was and the curved screen aspect sounds intriguing oh that last piece especially the aes plus f but really the lorena grady piece the show that the entire thing walking in there and and learning a little bit about how that all works Mm -hmm. and how it all comes together was i thought was fascinating it really added so much to that the way that they kind of make it look like this forest anyway we don't have a ton of time to talk about that right now because we're five minutes left and we've got our community calendar to get to but if you're interested in going and seeing these exhibits and i was blown away by this the the works that they have up right now in the museum in my opinion the scad museum of art is one of the best art museums contemporary art museums in the southeast go to scad moa scadmoa scadmoa.org they have some different hours between each day so it's kind of hard to put it all together close mondays but every other day they have open hours and you just kind of have to have different hours for every day but um yeah i was really impressed i thought that was a great if you go you'll see things charged with energy brilliant with color and breathing out perfume as david states i mean you can't say it better than that (laughs) <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, yeah, that oh, was no, a lot of fun. It sounded fascinating, and it sounded actually, yeah, worthwhile. Worthwhile to see. That does it for this week's episode of Art on the Air. Next week, we've got Becca Cook, a multidisciplinary artist who's been doing some seriously impressive work that we're really excited to chat with her about. Plus, we'll have a couple of field notes, one with Susan Laney to talk about the Elaine Mays exhibit at Skadmoa, and Clay Hodges to give us all of the details about his Mary's Lamb art and music event. Tune in next week from 3 to 4 p.m. to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Stay tuned now. 
for that old Savannah magic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Surgir, estás pendiente de...